Welcome to the Infotainment Podcast Initiating Startup Sequence. Hi, my name is Randy, and the Infotainment Podcast will begin shortly. I will be around mound to podcast sound, pound for pound, the best podcast around. First up on the podcast docket, I would like to say hello to my faithful listeners that are regular downloaders in North Carolina, South Dakota, uh, the United Kingdom, Spain, Ireland, and New York and California. Welcome to the program. I suppose I should explain the title of my last podcast, my 130th, is called The Come Guy. And if you saw the movie Long Shot, you will understand what I mean. Funny (laughs) sight gag, which you only need to really watch uh, once. (laughs) And it about uh, ruins her political career, but very funny movie, and it kind of dovetailed into my story about Tommy Lauren Lauren, ripping on uh, men and all her rules for a guy. I think he's called, uh, his name is Darius M., one of those uh, male coaches for guys dating and provides advice. And he looked at that video and said that she had, well, he said that women live in the moment and that she had recently been burned either by her ex or somebody else afterwards, uh, turning in that $50,000 ring. It, It was interesting to listen to him review that video. But if you want some good advice, uh, there are some interesting uh, male coaches and dating in this era of COVID. So, but check out the movie Long Shot. And uh, it is interesting about the turnaround of the underdog winning the alpha versus the beta male. One more thing about the Tammy. Tommy, uh, Lauren video where men are trash, but oh, I love men video. Darius says, well, there's this part in the video uh, where she says, that ship does, (laughs) not that shit, but that ship has sailed on the 1 or 2 a.m. text message. She's tired of the booty calls. (laughs) 
That's what that translates into. Had enough of those. Ready to settle down. Now let's take a hard left turn to a story from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, which is about an hour away from me. And we have a corn stalk. Sioux Falls natives mourn the brief life of an urban corn stalk. The lone stalk was growing up through a crack in the concrete before someone ripped it out of the street, and it drew a lot of attention. Residents of South Dakota's largest city are mourning an urban corn stalk that briefly became a lighthearted beacon of hope during the coronavirus pandemic. The Argus leader reported Wednesday that the stock had been growing up through a crack in the country, concrete at the intersection of 57th Street and Minnesota Avenue on Sioux Falls' south side, dubbed the 57th Street Corn, complete with its own Twitter account. <laughs> During its brief lifespan, the plant was a symbol of resiliency and hope as the pandemic rages on, Mayor Paul Tenhaken said. Finding joy in the small things will continue to help us to get through what has been a challenging time in our country. Yeah, I'd say so. Very challenging. The mayor said it was amazing to see the community rally around the 57th Street corn as a sign of hope over the past few days. Residents reported Wednesday morning that someone had ripped out the lawn stock prompting an outcry on social media. Someone attached a sign to a traffic post where the stock grew that reads, Corn, rest in peace. The Stockyards Ag Experience, a group working to transform the city's vacant stockyards into an interactive experience, is selling T-shirts commemorating the stock. <laughs> sad Somebody had to take time out of their day to rip out a corn stalk. Well, it kind of reminds this is actually kind of funnier, but uh, we had a roadkill raccoon that was still pretty much intact um, that somebody had hung a, well, a mylar balloon. It said, get well soon. <laughs> it was tied to one of its legs. <laughs> I think that was up in Canada, if I remember right. And now that uh, raccoon was not going to get well soon. I was stiff as a board, dead on the side of a highway. <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. The next items up for bid on the podcast are some strange and bizarre stories out of North Carolina. They, well, the first one comes under the heading of You Failed. Cops say that fake ghost hunters were just making meth. There are plenty of reasons people walk deep into the woods late at night. Usually those reasons are anything but PG, but ghost hunting turned into something very Heisenberg when the three men were busted making meth. Their original excuse for being in the woods, ghost hunting, of course, 
It all started when Sonny Clay Hyatt, professional ghost hunter, found himself lost in the woods. Like any normal ghost hunter, he called 911 to say he was lost in the woods and separated from the two men he was with. When police arrived on the scene, they began to notice several loopholes in Hyatt's story. Police continued to grill him despite the fact Hyatt continued to claim they were just looking for paranormal activity deep in the woods during the dead of night. Eventually, Hyatt admitted he and his two other friends really came into the woods to make meth. All three men were arrested and charged. My main question with this story, why did he not just call his friends? Or if they weren't answering, just wait until daylight and find his way out. <laughs> Doesn't really say where this uh, happened, but <laughs> his friends got to be happy with this guy. <laughs> you stupid moron. Why did you call us? Calling 911 to say you're lost in the woods when you're out there make, making meth. Oh my God. You failed. <laughs> My next unusual story comes from Hickory, North Carolina. It is a naked man falls through church roof. Well, this certainly wasn't the sign from heaven that Resurrection International Church in Hickory was anticipating. Instead, it was James Albert Kimry Jr., who was found naked in the church after falling through the ceiling. Kimry was reported at the church that Saturday, acting very strange. Police were called and Kimry was removed, although he said he just wanted to spend the night in the church. He decided to proceed with his mission and return to the church late Saturday night. He climbed a ladder, undressed, to help him fit through the ventilation duct and the building and proceeded to crawl his way into the church. His weight was too much for the duct. It broke and he fell through the ceiling into the bathroom. A church member found Kimry naked in the restroom. Kimry was charged with breaking and entering indecent exposure and trespassing. At least he got his wish to spend the night in a place of worship, right? <laughs> in order, this would have been great if uh, Sunday morning, he f not to hurt anybody, but if uh, during services uh, Sunday morning, he, he fell like in between the pastor and, and the first row of the congregation naked with his feet. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. Oh my god. Uh but uh I don't know. There might have been some recreational chemicals involved here or something. <laughs> Damn. All you do is smoke weed. But that was from North Carolina. Uh, in uh, Hickory. Why wouldn't you want to spend a night in a church naked and fall through the roof? <laughs> oh, uh, what, what 
the sound effect would go well with this. Well, I don't know if it is or not, but we'll try this one. That was legitness. Oh my gosh, does that suck? Speaking of sucking, now that we know that we are going to have to live with coronavirus for years to come, the way I feel I want to kill everyone involved in the development of this. And I do not believe it was made by accident. And I do not believe it was, I don't know, it just sucks. Last week on Saturday, I was at a bar in northwestern Iowa uh, called the Barefoot Bar, where there were, oh, I don't know, 150, 200 people there in close proximity of each other. And I must say, uh, I felt really uncomfortable being there because I saw, well, there were like three people wearing masks. And one of them was me when I was walking milling through the people to get to the bar area. But it's like this patchwork of putting this all on the governors to design policies has not worked. We have needed a nationwide thing. So everyone was uniform. It just, it's like a domino effect. Like a friend told me that 200 people from Colorado caught the virus being at the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally. The governor there, Christy Nome, she's got her nose so far up uh, Trump's ass. It's unbelievable, but, uh, and won't do anything about it much. Talking about the domino effect, I read about this church that, oh, not a church, but it was the uh, Big Moose Inn in uh, Maine, defying church at the center of disastrous Maine wedding, linked to three deaths and 144 virus cases. The wedding at the Big Moose Inn, okay. Uh, The pastor who officiated it doesn't seem bothered. Oh, why would he? Maine's bigots? (laughs) Oh, God. Maine's biggest COVID-19 outbreak is linked to a wedding officiated by the pastor of a distancing-defying church who says masks are a part of a socialistic platform. Now more than 144 COVID-19 patients have been linked to the event, and three people are dead. Todd Bell is pastor of the Calvary Baptist Church in Sanford, Maine, famous for flying between ministries in multiple states on his private plane. God burdened his heart to do airplane ministry, he says. Bell flew in to officiate a rural Maine wedding on August 7th. That wedding is the nexus of 144 COVID cases, including three that resulted in deaths. Maine officials said uh, Friday one of the deceased was an 83-year-old woman. And this woman didn't even attend the wedding, but contracted the virus from a guest. None of this appears to be stopping 
Bell from doing business as usual in his church, calling on worshipers to trust God, not government, as the pandemic progresses. The August 7th wedding in Millinocket, Maine, was a super spreader event. 65 guests attending the event of the Big Moose Inn, a violation of the state's limit on large gatherings, officiated by Bell. The celebration went on to sicken guests, some of whom, in turn, passed it on to people in particularly vulnerable communities. COVID-19 outbreaks at a local rehabilitation center, a senior living facility, a county jail, and a school have all been traced back to the wedding. The number of cases linked to the event has doubled in the past week. One of the victims, 83-year-old Teresa Ventremont, did not attend the wedding but caught COVID-19 from someone who had a mother of six. Ventremont was described in an obituary as the anchor of her family and someone who is unwaveringly positive and always found the good in every person in every situation. Six Calvary Baptist families also attending the wedding, Bell confirmed in a sermon last Sunday reported by the Penobscot Bay pilot, but despite a warning from the Center for Disease Control and Prevention that Calvary Baptist goers should voluntarily quarantine, the church was still in full unmasked operation last week. Do you not see the writing on the wall? In his sermon, Bell told worshipers to stay home if they were sick. Uh, Yeah, I'd watch it online. Uh, I I would stay home even if I wasn't sick. Uh, Maybe if it was outdoors and I sat away from people, I might go then. but, But launched into a conspiratorial sermon denouncing vaccines and repudiating anti-coronavirus measures. And this is exactly the person that will stop the healing of this country and getting our economy back on track and uh, slow the spread of this deadly uh, virus. He also spent part of the sermon lashing out at people who had criticized him on social media including a person who, after observing one of his posts about flying his private plane, speculated that Bell was going to spread the disease at a casino elsewhere in Maine. Bell quipped that a casino would be a good place to deliberately spread COVID-19. Oh, great. Uh, Wasn't there something in the Bible about uh, love the sinner and hate the sin, if you consider gambling to be... Totally wicked. Gambling has killed more people and ruined more homes and destroyed more things in our society. Almost uh, more than liquor, pot, or pornography, Bell said. According to the Boston Globe, gambling is wicked. Although in his sermon, Bell said he hoped the media was listening. The church has since removed all, all its live-streamed sermons from YouTube and pulled its website the church's phone number, when called, returns a message saying the number is not currently accepting calls. On Twitter, the church retweeted a person who claimed Bell was unfairly under attack. 
please pray for Pastor Todd Bell, his family, and the church. The media and many others have been relentlessly attacking him for having church amidst the rise of COVID cases in Maine. The tweet reads, Pastors are being made out to be enemies of the people by media. We must stand together. The claim that pastors are being portrayed as enemies might be harsh toward the rest of the state's religious leaders, most of whom have not reportedly had COVID-19 outbreaks in their congregations. Maine's WGME reported that the overwhelming majority of Maine's religious congregations have taken steps to prevent the disease spread with some of them moving outdoors, yes, implementing distancing for indoor services or offering online sermons. Some groups affiliated with Calvary Baptists have distanced themselves from the church, a nonprofit shelter that used the church to distribute food to low-income locals relocated to an outdoor site this week. Beneficiaries of the food program are especially susceptible to COVID-19, the program's director told WGME, noting that 85% of the shelter's clients had health complications that would exacerbate COVID-19's worst effects. Another local uh, told WGME that Calvary Baptist missionaries had actively proselytized after the wedding, even trying to enter her home without masks. Hmm. They came in without masks and asked to come in even further, the woman told the news station. They asked twice if I was sure they couldn't come into my living room. When I refused, they forced a pamphlet at me. Oh, brother. It's just a horrible situation. Where Minnesota has tried to stem the tide of this thing, uh, other states around us have uh are are hitting the hot spot status being covid spreaders and and new confirmed cases and what good does that do us uh, being in minnesota that all the states around us are getting more and more cases every day because they're do nothing governors don't i don't know we're not going to do this we're not going to stop this yeah uh, just uh, just uh, put more people in, at risk of going to the hospital and more deaths. And, oh, maybe eventually we'll get herd immunity. And that might not uh, help because there you can catch COVID again with uh, different symptoms because it is a different strain. And I wonder if even one vaccine will be enough for every strain that's going to happen with that but uh just just my opinion i i wish uh trump would have jumped on this in january and february and and uh trusted other people's advice he he's not a doctor but he tries to play one on tv and, and discredits anybody who disagrees with him that's one reason I'm not voting for the man. And using the word disinfectants, another reason. Uh, I could go on and on, but oh well. 
maybe eventually we'll get out of this. You got a feel for Well, no, you don't. The, 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 the couple that held, held the wedding, they had to have known that this is, I mean, this was potentially going to be a problem. Why did you have such a big, big wedding in, in, indoors? And you got to feel like shit now. Uh, how is your marriage going to go after all this? <laughs> People dying because they attended your wedding. At least I would feel like shit. But maybe eventually they'll get over it. I suppose they have to if they intend to have a normal life. Maybe, uh, maybe they should be lawyering up for some of the people who didn't attend the wedding that have contacted, contracted this disease. on a higher note <laughs> if you've seen that commercial where the guy and his wife are riding in the car he's sitting in the passenger seat eating a uh, uh, licorice whip called Twizzlers and he's contemplating uh, am I too old to take up uh, Twizzlers <laughs> take up Twizzlers Take up roll, uh, <laughs> skateboarding. Yeah, I finally got that right. I've been kind of the same way. Uh, for, for the longest time, I've admired uh, uh, Harley-Davidson motorcycles, the craftsmanship that goes into those. And lately, I've been doing the same thing with electric guitars. I'm kind of like that guy in the commercial uh, eating a Twizzler. Am I too old to take up the electric guitar? Once I started on that path on YouTube, I get all these things, and uh, I think if I bought one, I'd buy one of those limited editions PRS. Of course, you li you're listening to people that actually know how to play. I would be starting from ground zero. Kind of like this uh, podcast. But uh, Paul Reed Stanley, he's makes some really beautiful guitars. And watch some of his interviews on uh, YouTube. Also, there is a woman. Uh, she's from France. When she speaks French, it's kind of like I don't understand a word you're saying, but I'll fight to the death. You're right to say it. But she can really shred on electric guitars, man. She, she's got a lot of cover videos so when she sings in English. And she's also got her own band, the Laura Cox Band. It's just fun to listen to her wail on those electric guitars. But I hope you've enjoyed the show. And I think it's time to 
tune up all my <laughs> effects for the end. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to leave it on a high note, but uh, check out Laura Cox. She's really, really good on the... Uh, she's just amazing. So we will uh, do this. Initiating shutdown sequence. Damn! All you do is smoke weed! Now I think it is time to warp drive this podcast to the interwebs. You can check out my Facebook page. You can tweet my Twitters at Randy Podcaster. You can email me a comment at randyms12 at gmail.com. Question or concern? About this show, tell me you like it, dislike it, hate it, (laughs) whatever. But if it is good, and say an under 10-minute read, I might read it over the air. But as always, have a pleasant day today and a happy ending tonight.